Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. David, he went to God as his refuge. That's how he found help in God. But something else, his hope. It says in verse 5, my hope is in you all day long. All day long. God is the hope of our soul. When everything is dark and it seems like night is all around you, remember, hope is grief's best music. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and In Psalm 25, David is surrounded by enemies who are seeking to destroy him. However, because David was humble and had an intimate relationship with God, David knew that the Lord would deliver him. Pastor Ed teaches us in today's message that the Lord hears our cries of distress. He is our shelter and protector in the worst of storms. Those that are humble, those that know they cannot lead themselves, and those who put their hope in the Lord, these are the people that God leads and will never turn away from. Now here's Pastor Ed with part two of today's message in Psalm 25. Building in faith. David, look at this carrot here. Why don't you get enticed with lust? David, why don't you take matters into your own hand and seek vengeance? David, why don't you walk in fear rather than faith? God's forsaken you. They were all snares, planted the wrong along the way. Let me give a word of advice to our young people today. One of the things that the enemy would like to do for you is he'd like to develop in you an Achilles heel. You know what an Achilles heel is? A weak spot. Where you could be strong all over, but the enemy shoots at that. Let me say, if you walk with God and you avoid sin, you avoid developing an affinity towards sin, you're going to do far better in your Christian life. You're going to go further in God and deeper in God. And the enemy is going to have less to pull you aside. I've never got drunk in my life. Never drank. I drank when I was a kid a little, but then I got saved. But I've never got drunk in my whole life. You could bring me to a bar. Not that I go there. (laughs) You could put alcohol there. It won't even, doesn't matter. Why? Because I have no affinity to it. When Satan came to tempt Jesus... Jesus, there's nothing within him. There were no hooks that the enemy could use. When you drink of the spoils of sin, when you get involved in things, you develop an affinity for those things. And those things become a means of temptation for you. I remember a young guy who lived down the block from me. He was a neighbor, in fact. 
And he said to me, why don't you fool around? He was telling me about all these people he was sleeping with, all these things he was doing. I said to him, I'm not going to do that. He says, you're missing out on life. I said, no, I'm not. I said, because when I have a relationship of intimacy with my wife, I'll enjoy it far more than you ever will be able to. Because I've saved myself from my relationship with her. I want to encourage you to recognize that if you walk with God, God will reward you. Now, God forgives sins, and thank God he erases the past. Uh, but there are, as it were at times, lingering consequences. And sometimes those lingering consequences are this Achilles heel. And so here David is. In the midst of all of these things that are going on in his life, he's saying, Lord, rescue me from the snare that the enemy has. Rescue me from that snare. And then he prays something else. See, David feels a downward pull. Did you ever feel that? David felt something pulling him, pulling him down. In verse 20 of chapter 25 of the Psalms, it says, Guard my life and rescue me. God intended David to be the greatest king that ever lived. And David was. God had destined him for great things. But he felt this downward pull. So he says, Lord, unto you I lift up my soul. It's not easy to do that. Because there's this downward pull of the old sinful nature. There's this downward pressing of our circumstances that surround us. There's this downward push of the enemy. See, the enemy wants to grind you into the dust. He doesn't want you to sit on that throne that God's ordained for you. He doesn't want you to live and fulfill that purpose that God has written into your genetic code. He doesn't want you to do what God has ordained you to do. In Psalm 119, verse 25, it reads, My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Satan would bury you in the dust. You know, when we commit a person to the ground at a graveside service, we say dust to dust, ashes to ashes. Satan wants to get you there earlier. He wants your spiritual life to be a desert. He wants you not to flourish, not to be like, as it were, an oak tree, strong with roots down deep. David cries out, rescue me, O God. I was telling the group of people uh, as we were preparing for our trip for Zambia today, I was telling them when I left my daughter at Bible college, I sat down with her for a few moments and I said, Missy, I want to tell you something. Remember this. Never forget it. I said, what kept me through my ministry, what kept me going was prayer. And I said, see that prayer room? Go there. Pray. Make sure you spend time on your knees. Make sure you seek God because that's going to be your strength. I remember people that I started off with far more gifted than I, far more talented than me, far more able than I. But what happened? Along the way, some of them forgot 
that their place of strength is not found in human flesh. It's found at the throne room of God. It's not found in themselves. It's found in Almighty God. See, it's not our talents. It's not our abilities. It's not all the skills that we might have. It's a living dependence upon God. And you're going to have to cry out again and again throughout this journey. Oh, Lord, release me from this snare. Oh, Lord, rescue me. And God will hear. God will answer. God will deliver. God will respond. Hallelujah. They were a slave people, oppressed by a nation. They cried out in the midst of their slavery to God. In the midst of that trial, faith began to sprout in their hearts. God heard their voice. And he said to that nation, you'll not have a union unless you let my people go. You'll not have a union unless you free them. Abraham Lincoln, looking back at that time, said the Civil War was God's judgment on our nation for the atrocity of the slavery of African Americans. God heard their cry. And God responded. My brother, my sister, African Americans, I want to say something to you. You have a story of God's divine deliverance. Of God liberating and freeing and raising you up. Be proud of that history. Be proud of that story. Let it be emblazed into your soul that the God of all the earth does right and he responds when people cry out and say, God, rescue me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Beloved, he, it's so important what we believe about God is the most important thing about us. What we believe about God is the most important thing about us. If you believe that God is mighty to rescue, if you believe that God is mighty to restore, if you believe that God can do anything, if you believe in His Word, if you believe in His promise, if you believe in His delivering power, if you believe that He is the great I Am, the one He has declared Himself to be, the one He has revealed Himself to be, it'll show up in your life. Hallelujah. Our future, our destiny is bound up in that relationship with God. David, he went to God as his refuge. That's how he found help in God. But something else, his hope. It says in verse 5, my hope is in you all day long. All day long. God is the hope of our soul. When everything is dark, And it seems like night is all around you. Remember, hope is grief's best music. Let the music 
just resound in your soul. Put your hope in God. Let that resound in your heart. And a song will come out. And a song will begin to rise as you begin the hope in the one who has helped his people throughout ages, throughout history. He's taken the weak and he's lifted them up. He's taken the oppressed and he's lifted them up. He's taken those who have needed help and who have cried out to him and never once, never once, never once does he ever fail. He won't fail you. He won't fail you. He will keep his word. He will keep his promise. He's bound to it. Hallelujah. 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 Oh God, we worship you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, O Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, This is a hope of guidance. Now, remember all these emotions are going on inside of David. David's wondering as he's fleeing from Absalom, as he's running from his enemies. He's wondering, God, what way do I turn? Watch David's life. Look at how he lives. He lives seeking the guidance and direction of God constantly. Go through the pages of 1st and 2nd Samuel. You'll find David on his knees. David saying, God, what do you want me to do? God, direct me. God, guide me. God, speak to me. Ah, He qualifies those that he guides. He guides the humble. Can't guide the proud. They know it all. The humble one, the man who recognizes, God, I don't deserve a single thing from you. God, I don't deserve tomorrow. God, if you took me off the planet, I would have nothing to say. A humble person recognizes everything that he has is a gift of God's grace and kindness. A humble person is someone who wants to know what's right and says, teach me your ways. Now listen to verse 12. Who then is the man that fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way chosen for him. A person that walks in the fear of God, the reverence for God. God's going to whisper and say, this is the way, walk in it. Uh, I'm going to get personal this morning and, and share a personal time in my own life. Last night I was thinking about this. Actually, I was thinking about a time when I was asking God, God, should I go into ministry? And I felt the call of God. And I felt called into ministry. I was working back in my home church in Brooklyn, New York, and people had given me counsel. And they said, listen, work a secular job and work in the church. Now, that's the way that church was. You have to understand, that was sort of the culture of that church. And so they said, just work in the church and work in the secular world. I got on my knees and I prayed, and God spoke to my heart. He said, no, I've called you to full-time ministry. I said, all right, Lord, uh, I want to get good counsel. Good counsel. So I went to godly people outside that church that knew God, some of my professors and teachers at Zion, and they, said, they explained the culture to me, and they said, no, you've got to make a change. Now, let me just say something about that. Sometimes the difficulties that we have in life is because we don't know how to take counsel. Hey, we run to Brother John. Hey, Brother John, tell me what I should do. Oh, I don't like that, Brother John. Hey, Janet, tell me what that... No, 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 he said the same thing. Let me find someone. Let me find... Oh, what's that astrologer's phone number? (laughs) You know, sometimes we just want to hear what we want to hear instead of saying, oh, God, if you put godly people in my life, uh, I'm going to listen, I'm going to evaluate that. 
But you got to do something else. You got to get on your knees and you got to begin to pray and say, God, show me. God, give me a witness. God, direct me. I'm so thankful that even in the midst of mistakes, God doesn't leave us if you made a mistake. Thank God he redeems those mistakes. He's the great redeemer. He's the great forgiver. And so he's gracious. David has made his share of mistakes. But he says, God, I notice this, that he guides the humble. I remember praying, seeking the Lord. And I went and they said, no, that's the way the Italian culture was. I was in an Italian church. And they want everybody to stay in it. They don't want to send it. You know, it was sort of like that. And they believed that you work in the secular world and you work in the church. And and that's fine for some people. But that wasn't what the Lord had for me. And I remember getting counsel. And then I went and I said, oh, God, please show me. I began the fast and the pray. Some of you called into the ministry. In order to know what God wants you to do, you're going to have to fast and pray. I got on my knees. I prayed and I fasted. And I said, oh God, I'm going to see this godly older saint in the church. She's a woman of God. Please give her a word for me. And she didn't know the situation. Others didn't know the situation. But I went to that house. I sensed the presence of God. And she said, God spoke to her in the night that I was going to be coming to see her. And that morning as we prayed, we could feel the presence of God just in that room. And I knelt at the table and I just began to pray And I felt as though Jesus Christ came and placed his hands on my head. I felt as though he was standing right above me. And his hand was on my head. And I remember it was a long season of prayer. And following that season, this older Christian saint who's a godly woman, she said, son, do you know what happened? I said, no. She said, I saw Jesus come into this room. He was dressed in his high priest robes and he placed his hand on your head and he said that he alone would be the one to command you and direct your steps and you obey him. She didn't know, but God knew. And see, I believe there's someone who hears the prayers of his people, someone who responds when people cry out and say, oh God, I want guidance from you. I'm not going to an astrologer. I'm not trying to read stars. I'm not trying to get counsel that goes along with what I want to believe. I'm going to go to you and I want you guiding my life. I want you directing my life. Do you want to be in the place God wants you to be? Do you want to fulfill the destiny that God has for you? Do you want to walk in his perfect will and see his power work through you and say, oh Lord, I'm going to seek your will. I'm not seeking the will of the world. I'm seeking the ways of God. Hallelujah. Let's just praise him. Hallelujah. Hope, his faith holding out his hand in the dark. Oh, that's what you're doing at times. At times, all you have is hope. All you have in that dark situation is your belief in God, your trust in God. And it's like putting your hands into his hands when you hope, when you put faith in him. David did something. Me often would do it. He reflected back on God's dealing in his life. If you look at verses 8 to verse 15, the center part of the psalm, the center part of the psalm especially focuses on God and who God is and what God does. Beloved, sometimes the only thing you can do in your circumstance is to begin thinking about God. Begin reflecting 
on what he's done for you, what he's doing for you, and what he's promised to do for you. Sometimes you have to think about what he's done for others. Because what he's done for others, he'll do for you as a songwriter so beautifully articulated it. Sometimes you pick up a Christian biography and you see how God was with George Mueller. And you say, oh God, you were with George Mueller that way. God, can you do it again? And God says, oh, I do repeat performances. Hallelujah. To the person who will believe. To the person who will receive. To the person that will say, yes, God, I'll listen. I'll obey. You're still the God that opens the Red Seas. You're still the God that parts the waters. You're still the God that brings down the walls of Jericho. You're still the God that raises the dead. You're still the God that turns around circumstances and situations. You're still God. Hallelujah. God has led. God will lead. And God is leading. You're not out there on your own. You're not out there just trying to find your way in some foggy life sea. You have God Almighty beside you and with you. And David said, oh, Lord, I know you're there. Now, something else happened to David. I want to tell you this. Please remember it. Satan is no gentleman. When you're down, he's not going to try and pick you up. When you're down, he comes and kicks you. That's what he did to David. David is down. Remember, David had prayed and asked for forgiveness, the hope of forgiveness. David suddenly somehow is reminded of his past. He's reminded of his sin. Who reminded him? Satan reminded him of his failures, his sin, his past. And it was like a heavy load being weighed down on David. And David suddenly utters up a prayer to God. God, forgive my sin, though it's great. I am so grateful that God forgives. And sometimes you need to go back to Calvary. The enemy comes and reminds you of things. Just carry on a conversation. Say, okay, Jesus, do you remember this? No, I don't remember that. I choose not to now. If you want to... No, no, I just wanted to make sure. Satan, I want to tell you something. He doesn't remember, I won't remember, and let me talk to you about your future. Come. Beloved, we have a God that is bountiful in love and mercy and grace. And he says, according to your love, remember me, O God. Oh, he knows his only hope in the presence of God is love. He knows his only standing before the Father is God, Father's love for him. He knows there's only one basis that we are acceptable to Almighty God, and that basis is God's love for us. No other basis, no other ground that I stand on, no other ground that you stand on. Beloved, if you feel the pressure pushing you down, if you feel the enemy coming after you, if you feel the attack, just be assured Satan knows your future and he wants to stop you. He doesn't 
doesn't want you to reach that destination. Just lift up your soul to God. You say, oh, it's hard to lift up my soul. It is because our soul clings to the dust. There's all these things pulling us down. But do this with me. Begin thinking about his love. Begin thinking about his love that lifted me. David remembered a day that God found him on the backside of some hill tending the sheep. He remembered a day that God remembered him when his own father couldn't remember him. He remembered a day when God took him out of obscurity and placed him on a throne. And God remembers you. It's love that lifts you. The Psalms are a wonderful place to turn to when in the midst of the most difficult times in this life. Pastor Ed will be sharing a 14-part series of messages from the book of Psalms with hopes that you'll be encouraged each time you join us. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith. Your voice.